All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 289. Daryl Morey is a liar, and we give James Harden a new nickname. AD signs his three-year extension. Austin Reeves has some bright new kicks. Paul George is on his bully ball this season, and Drew has a great idea for a new TV show. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 289. What would we do without James Harden and his offseason exploits, Drew? We would have nothing to talk about right now. We would have no podcast this week. <laughs> we would have nothing. Thank God for James Harden. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I've seen this movie before, Drew, and I yep. know a lot of people have already touched on this already, but. This seems to be a repetitive thing from James Harden, and it had me thinking. Uh, Bob Cousy, Boston Celtics legend, he was his nickname was the Houdini of the hardwood, right? He's the Houdini mm. of the hardwood. And it just made me think about it's time to change his name. James Harden is now the Houdini because he's an escape artist. He's just escaping franchises left and right. So it just popped in my <laughs> head that I'm now coining James Harden with a new nickname. It's no longer the beard. It's no longer fat suit Harden. He is now Hardini. Okay. I'm going to refer to him as the escape artist known as Hardini. Cause this is what this guy does, Drew. And in true petty fashion, I love waking up to this shit in the morning. You know, I, I we posted a video the, the night before Harden came out with these comments of him just getting mobbed. Like he was the Beatles in China, right? Thousands mm -hmm. and thousands of people welcoming him. And I'm like, damn, this guy's got a lot of love out there. And then in the morning, Harden comes out with this, Daryl Morey is a liar. Let me repeat that. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I'll never uh, play for an organization if he's a part of it again. Now, for context, he's doing this in China, where Daryl Morey mm -hmm. is hated, right, universally. He's doing this in front of 14-year-old Chinese kids, right, at a camp is where he brings this up. Like, my first question is, why can't he do it? Why can't he be the disgruntled athlete like most athletes and just go to Twitter or go to X or go to whatever the hell Elon's calling it this week and just say he's a liar? So before we get in to why we think he's a liar, what was your first thought about Harden coming out with these comments and then it going automatically viral? I think you brought up a good point. Like it, it, the 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 location with which and the format with which he decided to drop this was really interesting because it almost I I you know the clip that we saw that did go viral looked like he was doing some sort of Q and A with the audience because he ended with like y'all got any more questions? No, we're good. So like that means there was probably more than the question that he just answered. So I'm curious what the whole lead up was. Uh, because it didn't seem like he just like stopped whatever he was doing to look directly in the camera and deliver this message about Daryl Morey. But it is uh, so strange that that this would all be happening like this uh, out in the public space as opposed to like the backroom dealings. But the assumption here has to be that all of the conversations that were going on between Harden's group and Harden and the Phillies, not the Phillies, and Philly, 
and Daryl Morey that was happening, you know, behind closed doors have broken down entirely to the point where James Harden is now saying that he won't play for any team that has Daryl Morey as a part of it. And did that did come off of the news breaking the day before that Philly would no longer be entertaining trades for Harden. Uh, so I'm not necessarily shocked that James had that reaction. I was just kind of surprised that at it all, at all of it happening that way. I'm not surprised at that because I, and I understand why you might be, but I'm not surprised that James Harden would come out and say that Daryl Morey is a liar because my guess is they had some sort of handshake agreement, you know, uh, going back to the whole idea of James Harden opting into this one year left of his contract that they would move him. Right. And my guess is, again, that Daryl Morey probably halfway tried to move James Harden. Didn't really go all the way in to try and trade James Harden, right? Because the Clippers seemed like the only destination that Harden wanted to go to. Clippers didn't get, want to give up a, a whole lot, as we've discussed on this podcast. They weren't interested. You especially weren't also interested in giving up a whole lot for James Harden. Uh, and so the the whole the whole thing that i'm bringing up here is i just it, it's pretty clear that there was a breakdown between these two sides uh and daryl morey or the philadelphia sixers you know representatives at one point or another had to have agreed that they would trade james harden now they're going back on their word which is the lie that i think we're all assuming james harden is talking about there could also be others within there or you know uh potential not just around this trade but but potentially around the contract situation in general. Like they could have offered James Harden a lot more money this year, right? Like he took the pay cut last year as he very we all uh, know. widely. Yeah. Widely we all know that 14 million. Uh, we got it. Everyone uh, that he took a pay cut. And my guess is he thought he was probably going to get treated a little differently after giving that discount out to the 76ers uh, and is unhappy with, you know, what was maybe pre-discussed. Uh, and not necessarily fully in writing. That's the that's the most interesting part about this. And this is not a new story, though, right? Like, and, and I don't mean just James Harden and Maury. I just mean in sports. Sometimes this shit happens like this. Companies, especially you know, uh, professional sports organizations, do their best to keep all these spinning plates in the air at the same time, right? And sometimes one of those plates will drop and hit the floor, and they're not able to do exactly what they thought they were going to project out to be able to get done, especially with player contracts and things like that with movement. It's not always easy. And I, and I, I, I do understand Harden's frustration if he was told one thing and then was completely surprised by the news that that's not going to happen. Okay. But you can't give your ownership one team you're going to go to God. I feel like I've been saying this so Mm -hmm. much. You cannot, I'm pretty sure Maury, Maury and the Clippers were in discussions. Yep. And when, when it comes down to, okay, well, the Clippers aren't going to give up T-Man or whoever else that they were looking to get, what, what is Philly supposed to do? Like, okay, this isn't going to work. We're not going to get enough value back, so we're not going to trade you there. Now, also, James Harden should know and Daryl Morey should know the fact that you got a tampering charge last year because of P.J. Tucker and the Daniel House and that $14 million wink-wink handshake deal. This is illegal now. So uh, if that was the case, if there's a back back deal, which we all assume happened, right? Like, hey, yeah. we'll, we'll get you on the back end or we'll ship you out to the team you want to go to and it didn't work out. So if that's the case, Maury violated Article 13, Section 2 of the league's collective bargaining agreement, 
which is titled No Unauthorized Agreements. It forbids any agreements or transactions of any kind, express or implied, oral or written, concerning any future renegotiation, extension, or other amendment of an existing player contract or entry into a new player contract. It also pro prohibits assurances of intent. So, with that being said, not only did James Harden uh, throw Daryl Morey under the bus, but he's now thrown the whole Philadelphia organization under the bus. Because if the NBA is going to come and investigate, which they will investigate, um, it's going to uncover some more shit. And, you know, the funny thing to me is Daryl Morey has been his biggest supporter throughout the years, his right. supporter, his friend, defender, GM forever. And now something happened, whether it was the promise of going to the Clippers or the promise of $180 million, three-year contract extension. Look, James Harden, you went seven for 27 in the final two games of the, of the playoffs, right? Yeah, you had the 140-point game, but his value is not the same anymore. And I don't think, especially with this happening, that teams are going to be clamoring to get James Harden. I don't think James Harden wants to be the man anywhere with the pressure on him and whatnot. Um, but now he came out and said, oh, I'll be open to go somewhere else. Yeah, he'll be open to go somewhere else because now he cannot and will not go back to Philly. Now, the shitty thing is, if you go into camp, which would be the most dysfunctional, chaotic thing you could possibly do now because the bridge is burnt, right? You can't go to camp and Philly can't keep you. I just don't know what the next step is. And, and from a Clippers standpoint, I don't want this. I don't want this for us. We do not need any distractions. I think I said it on one of the last shows. At this point, we know that, the, that his value is extremely low. So if I'm the Clippers, I'm like Marcus Morris, Amir Coffey in a second. If you want it, we'll fucking take him off your hands. If you don't, good luck to you finding a better situation. And if I'm Philly... I'm by I'm all in on Maxi and Embiid. At the root of all of this, Drew, is we have the reigning MVP, Joel Embiid, who has been through so much shit, whether it was the not playing for two years, the doing the process. We had the Markel Folks mess up. We had the uh the tweet gate issue that they had with their guy. Uh, we have a firing of a coach. We have the Kawhi shot. We have the hiring of Doc, the firing of Doc. We have a new coach. We have Harden. We have the Simmons drama. And, and, and Embiid is in the middle of this. And if they, if they fuck around and mess this up one more time, which they're going to, Embiid's going to be the next one to be like, yo, peace, man. I, I didn't sign up for this. Embiid's 30. You know, he's going to be 30 in the prime of his career. So I think there's a trickle down effects with this. So, you know, what do you what's the plan for Philly moving forward? Yeah, well, so the first thing I'll say is like that clause that you read out. It sounds a lot like the no tampering clause that's in all the CBAs that nobody mm -hmm. fucking listens to anyway. So good luck trying to regulate backroom deals and trying to oversee thousands of conversations that happen. I know that P the NBA has confiscated phones. They've reviewed text messages in the past, investigations that have gone on and all that shit. And they probably will do the same thing here uh, with this Daryl Morey case. It's just, it's impossible to prevent that from happening. So I understand that it's written in the rule book, but you know, rules are made to be broken as they say. <laughs> so uh, I think that rule is going to be really difficult for them to like govern, uh, you know, ever period. Uh, unless they all try to force communications through the NBA like app or something, they can track all that. That's that shit's not going to happen, right? So it is in the rule book. 
Uh, I'm not surprised to hear that people aren't following that rule, uh, but it is what it is. The Philly questions, you know, at this point, there's two options in my mind. The first is obvious and what we've discussed, trade Harden to somebody, take less than you're willing to accept to get him out of there. Hopefully you get enough um, in the form of some sort of assets, whether that's draft picks or, you know, NBA ready players now, young players, whatever the case may be. That's option number one. Go get involved with as many teams as possible. See, you know, what what's out there. You know, it, do, it doesn't look like Houston is in the market for James Harden anymore, but I still go back to that whole Fred Van Vliet trade. Like if you trade uh, Van Vliet and Brooks for Harden and, you know, maybe maybe the you, Houston gets a second rounder or something like that with that. That can still put happen. An axe to that, though. I think now, since I agree. came in, he's going to be like, no, I want Fred Van Vliet. Right, which is why they didn't sign Harden earlier than this, right? Like, this is why they didn't trade for Harden earlier than this, and they went with Fred VanVleet. But I still, in the back of my mind, think that there's a chance that, you know, we're looking at December, January, and Harden still isn't moved. We'll see We'll see what happens there. That's an option. But there's more options out there, right? Who knows if they're going to try this whole Damian Lillard thing. Maybe they can get Harden involved in a Damian Lillard trade, right? Another star that, as we've talked about, wants away, isn't getting any momentum towards getting a trade. There's other pieces out there. The second option, though, is firing Daryl Morey. This is the second option. Mm-hmm. Okay, Daryl Morey uh, is an impediment to James Harden being on the Sixers. If the owners look at that and they go, well, James, will you play with Embiid, the guy that you just brought up, the centerpiece of this team, one of the best players in the NBA, MVP of last year, uh, will you play with him if Daryl Morey is not on the staff? And if we just run it back and we have our uh, you know, our new head coach, Nick Nurse, and maybe we get somebody else in the front office there that can run shit. That's good. That's smart. That's young or whatever. They can go get somebody to take Daryl's spot. Bob Myers is available. Uh, I mean, I know he's he just you know, signed a deal with ESPN, but I'm sure that deal can be broken pretty fast. Uh, so that's the second option to me is like, do they do the owners look at this and go, OK, if we trade James Harden and then that eventually makes Joel Embiid ha- unhappy because they don't get a good enough return and they're not strong enough to make the playoff run that they want to make to the finals and hopefully a championship. They look down that line just a couple months, you know, literally six months in the future. And they say that could potentially lead to Joel Embiid asking for a trade And the Knicks are over here waving like, Hey, we love Joel Embiid. We would love to see Joel Embiid in a New York Knicks Jersey. If I'm the owners, I'm, I'm seriously considering that because for all of the quote unquote success and the quote unquote talent that, Daryl Morey has possessed and shown and showcased throughout his career, he has yet to win a championship, which is what delineates successful GMs from unsuccessful GMs. So while we all assume that he's one of the greatest, and I think he is, I think he's a hell of a GM. Uh, I think he's tried a lot to uh, put his vision, the way that he views kind of like the money ball, smart ball version of NBA basketball together in multiple organizations. Now there is a chance that I would fire him. (laughs) I think it's interesting that, Joel has also removed like all Philly references yep. from his page. And I know some people might not think that's a big deal. I do. I think it's a really big deal. I think he's pissed off. And I think him and Harden have a close relationship, right? I think they're friends. I I, I don't know. Well, Harden but, bought him the Rolex after the MVP award. Right. Uh, you're right. Um, I just don't, I don't know how you come back from that. Like 
if I'm Maury now, after you've come out and insulted me in front of millions of people and everybody knows how you really feel about me now, yeah. it's like, it's not the Clippers that I'm looking at for you. Now it's whoever gives me the best offer I'm trading you to. And right. this is one of the instances where, and I'm a firm believer betting on yourself always works, but sometimes it doesn't. And this backfires, you know, you think you had leverage. You were talking about Houston since December. Like there was all this talk about going back to Houston that leverage is gone. The performance in the playoffs, the historical performance collapses in the playoffs. Catch up to you. You're not a spring chicken anymore, right? You have lost a step. Yeah, you could lead the league in assists, which is great. And I think Harden can be an asset to any NBA team. But I think Harden still thinks that he's uh, 2015 Harden, which he's not anymore. And, you know, we've been saying it to death that the best place for him to be is in Philly. And I just don't know... I mean, could hard could have hardened could Harden have gotten what Kyrie just got, right? The three year one thirty meal or whatever he got. Is he still capable of doing that? Taking him to age thirty seven, right? I don't know, and I just don't know if <clears throat> these antics that we've seen in Houston with the fat suit in Brooklyn with the with the I want to go there now I don't want to be there anymore. Now we're seeing the exit with Philly. I just don't know if. James Harden realizes that he's such a liability now. No, no successful NBA team or any team that's trying to really win a championship. And there's probably what seven teams, eight teams right now that have a legitimate chance of trying to win a championship are going to try to bring this circus in here. Cause it's just going to happen again. You're a free agent next year. And dude, look at, look at the free agent market next year. It ain't pretty. It's Pascal Siakam, Clay Thompson, Right. That's mm -hmm. who it's going to be. It was going to be Anthony Davis. Now that's off the board. And I just don't know if the money's going to be out there. And you and I have said many times, like, man, I don't know if Russ is going to get the money. I don't know if Bradley Beal is going to get the money. Somebody will come out and pay. But uh, I, I don't necessarily think that Harden's going to be the guy everybody are looking at to be like, that's the guy that's going to get us to win the championship because it's never worked. It's never worked. Right. And that's the most interesting part is like I did just critique Daryl Morey for his lack of success, but he's forever linked to James Harden with that lack of success because they've done that together everywhere he's gone, minus the one year in Philly. Uh, so it is interesting that these two, especially for Daryl, like a guy that really was a champion for James Harden, that has come to this, right? But I, I just keep going back to the idea that James Harden was promised something and, and it wasn't given to him in the way that he was explained that it would. And, and, you know, so what though, isn't no, that but business? sometimes, hold on, but, but okay. sometimes in, in business, that is what happens, right? That's kind of what happens in business. Uh, I would say not all the time, but it happens quite a bit. Deals are brokered in specific ways. People get lied to all the time when, when you're dealing with contract negotiations of, of small or large size, this, this shit happens everywhere, unfortunately. Uh, and it's, like I said before, it's not uncommon for this to happen in the realm in the realm of professional sports. Um, that's why there's agents. <laughs> that's essentially why agents are the function that they are, is because they they can advocate for their client directly with the organization and make sure it's all above board, which is why it's important to have a good agent as well, obviously. But uh anyway, I I just I can I can understand why James is disgruntled now, for instance, like uh, with with the promises that may or may not have been given to him 
what I can understand is being disgruntled prior to this. And I think that's the thing that potentially is the most confusing. Like, why did you want to leave Philly in the first place? That was a question we couldn't quite answer when we brought this up when the news was kind of broken that he wasn't necessarily looking to be at Philly. And why, why would you leave that situation? And to me, that is just a very still very confusing question. Like, why would he want to leave this team that desperately wants him, that wants to win a championship with him, that views him as a star point guard in this NBA, where very few teams, I think, would would view him as their star point guard at this point, especially <clears throat> the contenders. Uh, I just still can't grasp, grasp why that is, other than maybe this is something that Harden was was noticing at the end of last year. Maybe you know, there was some back and forth or some going back on the word type of thing that was happening from Daryl Moore, even going back a few months ago. Other than that, I can't understand why he would want to leave this scenario, which is why, again, going back to what I had brought up uh, a few minutes ago, I still think very much uh, that that the owners of the Sixers could fire Daryl Morey over this. I, but I wouldn't, I really wouldn't. Well, this is, so hold on, let me pose a question then because you answered it, but, but, if you were the Sixers, would you side with the win now aspect that you want to appease your superstar and Joel Embiid? Win now, and the best way to do that, as of right now, is to keep James Harden. Would you would you embrace the win now portion of it, or would you risk the 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 second best player, arguably second or third best player on your team, and risk a season again of missing the finals and pissing off your best player by keeping Daryl Morey trading Harden? and getting, you know, whatever, scraps back in return. So a couple things with that. Number one, you know, I'm a firm believer in talking to the superstar prior to making any big moves like this. I think getting Embiid's input, while it won't be the final say, but I'd like to know what Joel thinks. Absolutely, yeah. I want to have a conversation with him first. I, if I'm Joel, after going through the Ben Simmons shit, and now look, both both of these people are at fault here. It's the same conversation that we had with Ben Simmons and Doc Rivers in the front yep. office, right? It was both handled poorly. They did obviously did not learn from this situation because it's with the same team. This isn't another team. It's the same team going through this once again. I would have a conversation with Joel. I don't think Joel wants – uh, you know, all last season, all anybody was talking about was Houston. Are you going to Houston? Like, it's all this talk. It's not talk about, you know, Philly and what we're doing here. I don't think Joel wants to be part of the circus again. I also am looking at down at my bench and I'm seeing that, uh, you know, we have an opportunity to unleash Tyrese Maxey, right? Who we have said, I've said on this show, like, man, when, when he's in and Harden's not playing, that guy's got a motor and he's fucking good. Excuse yep. the language again, but he is really nice and they need to lock him up. Now, to, uh, another one of the free agents going into next year is Tobias is his contract goes off the books, right? That's correct. They will, they will have money, right? So yeah. what I'm looking at is if, can we, Get rid of Harden to get some pieces in here, whatever it is, even if it's a deal with the Clippers. Say it's Rocco, Marcus Morris, and a second, right? Which I think is not bad. It's not a bad haul to get. Maybe it's not the Gobert haul you want, but at least it's something. We get somebody in here that can, you know, 3 and D guys. Cool. Uh, Tobias is off the books next year. So that's $36 million, whatever he's making. I think PJ is off the books, too, for whatever it is. And then I'm looking at still got an extra deal. So I I have the roster pulled up right now. So Tobias is on his last year, 39 million. James Harden last year, 35 million. Uh, DeAndre Melton last year, 8 million. Corkmaz last year, 5.3 million. 
Maxi one year left on his rookie deal. He'll get extended. Uh, Daniel House one year, four point three million left. Trez two million one year. Pat Bev two million one year. Mo Bamba two million one year. And that's really most of their team. So they have a, a lot of room next year if they do not resign Harden to an extension. Which I still think there's a chance that this all gets resolved. By the way, uh, I I don't I don't foresee that happening. I think there is a chance though that Daryl Morey is like. You know, if you, I don't care, right? Like we saw that with the Simmons thing. I don't care. I'll just, I'll fucking sit I'll on hold this. You. I will just sit. And I think there's a chance that it goes that way for a long time until James Harden, you know, uh, either plays or retires. Um, but, well, or until next season, obviously, where he becomes a free agent. But to your point, there is a shit ton of space. Really, the only guy that's, that is going to be the two guys that are going to be under significant contracts are Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey moving forward after this year. Okay, so I'm looking at that. If we get Harden off the books and we get Toby off the books, right? That's 70 million. And if I'm Embiid, I'm looking at Pascal Siakam, my Cameroon brother, right? Who I would love to play with. Can we go after him, right? If Embiid wants to buy into another three years of doing this or another two years of doing this. So I think there are those options there. Um, I, I, I just feel like, this whole thing, if if you're so close, if you and Maury have this great relationship, this was something that could have been handled behind closed doors. Hey, Daryl, you're really fucking me right now, right? Like you <laughs> lied to me. Okay, you need you need to make this right, or I'm gonna go to China where they hate you, and I'm going to I'm going to announce to the world that you're a liar, right? Right. You would think if you had any kind of friendship or bond that that could be handled behind closed doors since you guys like to handle stuff behind closed doors anyways. So back to the original question, that would be my question. Embiid, what do you want us to do? Do you want this circus for the rest right. of the year? Do you want to be put, you won the MVP. We got that for you. I know you and James are close, but look, this is, and, and, and James hasn't even given uh, a Nick Nurse a shot with this. Like Nick, Nick Nurse offense might run all through James Harden. This guy might be the focal point of everything even though you got a younger guy in Tyrese Maxey who we see works his ass off. The team really loves him. The fans really love him. I, I, I don't live in Philly. I know a few Philly fans. I'm pretty sure James Harden, like in Houston, like in Brooklyn, might have burnt some bridges in Philly right now. I don't know if Philly wants him back after all this shit. So is Embiid willing to go another year you you're the you're, you're going to be successful. You got a great coach, you got a great superstar. If you could build a great offense and defense with Toby and with the guys that you have, all those guys you mentioned who are under contract are fine. They're decent yeah. pieces to have around you in the East. It could work, you know. Or if I'm Maury, I'm looking at all right. Do you want to break this up in Chicago? What's Demar's ticket right now? What's Zach Levine's ticket right now? Because if I'm Philly, I'd take on Zach or Demar right now. If right. I can, if we, if, if, and I don't need the okay from James Harden, talk all the shit you Correct. want, dude, you want to get traded. Here's a great team where we get at least some value back. It's more value than Marcus Morris and, and Rocco. Do you agree? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So unlike the Dame situation where there is all this loyalty and, and Portland feels, and they should feel like there is loyalty. We want to try our best to get you to where you want to go. There mm -hmm. isn't really any negative words being said from Dame. And, and we have said numerous times that like, you know, the GM should be able to trade Dame wherever he wants to go. There's a sense of respect there. Now the bridge is, is burnt for James and Daryl. There should be no respect between either one of them right yeah. now. And Daryl, go get who you need to get to make Philly a contender. That's what I would do. I'm yeah, over I like the, the player. I'm over I the like player the, empowerment shit. 
Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think if you're an organization and you trust Daryl Morey to come in and, and, you know, be the guy who runs the franchise, you're, you're going to side with him for the long-term benefit of having that brain uh, and that knowledge, those analytics in your front office. Uh, so I would also side that way. I would definitely try to keep Maury and see what he can concoct after this James Harden departure, whenever that happens at, at during a trade this year or at the end of next year, whatever. Uh, but I like the Chicago idea and I'm looking at it right now in the trade machine. And I think there's, I mean, you could, you could pretty easily, DeMar is on a one year, $28.6 million deal. Cool. <laughs> and Alex Caruso is mm. on a nine, a two year, $9.5 million deal. Billy would love Caruso. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. It's just whether or not Chicago wants that. And mm-hmm. I think Chicago is going to be reluctant to do that before the season starts. We just saw them double down, essentially, right? They re-signed Vooch. They made really, like, almost no other signings mm-hmm. of any value. I mean, they signed mm-hmm. Javon Carter, uh, who's a good, you know, good, tough-nosed point guard, uh, and and will do fine. And, you know, they also do have Lonzo Ball's contract, two years, $20 million. Who knows what the hell that's going to look like for Lonzo. There's a chance that Chicago says – We'll give you tomorrow, but you got to take Lonzo and we're not giving you Caruso. And even in that scenario, I think I would take that if I'm Philly, mm-hmm. but it does take Chicago coming to the realization that this uh, Levine, DeMar, uh, DeRozan and, and Vucevic like trio thing that they've tried to, to start here is not going to work, which we kind of already have evidence that it hasn't it's worked not. and won't work, right? It's not working, uh, but they decided to double down on their assets and keep them. So I do think there's a chance that that trade is available later after the season has started. Maybe Chicago starts off terribly or even just mediocre, right? Mm-hmm. They, you know, it doesn't have to be something where they go like, oh, and 14. Uh, but in the first 20 games, if they're, you know, 500 or under, I if I'm Daryl Morey, that's the team that I'm calling. I say, hey, give me tomorrow. Uh, give me, you know, one of these point guards that you have got, they, they did resign Kobe white. They got Javon Carter. They have Caruso. They got Lonzo. Like, so give me one of those guys, whichever one you want to get rid of. And and they may not want to trade Lonzo because I think they get some insurance money, a uh, kickback uh, for him. So th- it's not a huge loss if, if they keep Lonzo, if they think that there is a path forward, but every, everything I've heard out of Chicago is that they, there's a real chance that his career is over. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe there's something there. But anyway, we could probably do that for, uh, you know, 20 teams in the NBA and the trade machine and find something. But that one in particular, actually, I, I quite like that. Uh, and I think that could be an interesting piece. I do, too, because I think uh, Chicago's kind of in the same come to Jesus moment, like with what we are doing. Right. Is this working? Yeah. Uh, and I, I've told you, I think it was off the off air or when we were on here, like I've met a lot of Bulls fans recently. I met a few at my sister's wedding, like diehard <laughs> Chicago people. Yeah. Who just do not like Zach Levine for whatever reason. And well, I think Zach's a harder one. That's yeah. that one's a tougher trade because he just resigned. He got that extension. So Zach's on a four-year, uh, forty million dollar a year. I, I still like it though. Then he's locked up for four years. He's younger. I mean, Zach's still damn right, good. Right, but that just makes it really difficult for that trade to happen this year. Um, I mean, I guess not that bad because there really is only about a five million dollar difference but to the reason i say that zach is harder though is because they locked him up and i do think they see a future with zach much more than they see a future with demar, DeMar. who's older right and, DeMar and, is you older. Said he had, and he has one year left on his deal like yeah. harden right so that yes. that 29 or whatever he's making comes off the books next year same way 
Yep. Right. And that you could either move forward, give them another three year, 90 or whatever it is, or you get those off the books and you go after the Pascal or whoever, OG, whoever is open. Um, I like it. I think that works. I think that works. But then the other thing is Harden and Levine playing to get together like that would just be a shit show. And I guess well, it would be a rental. That's the thing. It, it would be a, a rental. It, right. it would be a, like, let's see how this works. Can Harden and Levine coexist? Uh, does James Harden like Chicago? Like, does he want, does he want to stick around for another year? Who cares? Me, if I'm reason, the, right. But the reason why Chicago would do it is because they go, all right, finally, we've realized whatever it is, the combo of Zach and, and DeMar don't work. We don't want to move in that direction. We'll, we'll go ahead and make this trade and then we'll, we'll see what this looks like. And, and meanwhile, we'll be looking at all the free agents and, and other trade possible possibilities at, at their disposal. Uh, and in a scenario like that, it, it, playing this out of my head, if Chicago realizes that this is not what they want to do, I would not be shocked to see Zach on the trade block or DeMar or uh, Vucevic, for that matter. Like, if, if it happens that way, it could be a full-on, like, let's blow this up. Like, we thought they were going to do last year, potentially, and they didn't. Uh, we thought they so were going to we'll, be good, we'll too, though, Drew. We liked it when they got all three, when... They locked the three. Well, they were good. They were really good for that that first half after they after they made the trade for for Vooch that next year. They were good. They were you know top team in the East for like first I don't know forty percent of the of the season that one year two year I think it was two years ago two seasons ago, and, and then it all just hit the skids and injuries and all that shit piled up. So so here's here's my final thing on on Harden, and I want your take on this. Like at what point? Are we not going to give the players what they want when they continuously do this bullshit every single year? Okay. Mm -hmm. I know I've said on the show, the past three shows, when we talk about Harden, like, why are we forgetting about the fat suit? Why are we forgetting about what happened in Brooklyn? This is repetitive. We've seen this movie before. And who, who, like, do you think you're going to get this championship Steph Curry to come play for your team? You are who you are. This it's going to be repetitive. It's the same shit's going to happen, Drew. Yep. Even if he comes to the Clippers, right? Or the Lakers, would you want James Harden on the team right now? Would you would you want him on your squad? No, I wouldn't, but I'm nervous. The the money for Harden could be made up with D'Lo and and like Rui. Right. Uh same thing for Kyrie. Mm-hmm. I, I do think the Lakers will hold both of those players in reserve because while while I don't necessarily think we need them, uh I could see both of those options, Harden or Kyrie fitting in nicely with the Lakers. I mean, if I'm if I, in a vacuum, right? If we're just talking in a vacuum about the basketball, those two guys would not be a terrible fit on this Lakers team with, with LeBron and Anthony Davis, other than availability and all this other stuff. But the X's and O's would say that Harden would be a great point guard for LeBron and Anthony Davis. And, uh, you know, and, and, and uh, Kyrie would be a great addition too, but I, I like the Lakers team, as I've said, I mean, I'll, I'll restate it now, but, so no, I don't want James Harden, but I do think the Lakers will be monitoring that situation. I I feel the same way though too. I said like that uh, Harden would be he would be a good fit on our team, but not for what they want, not for what they want for him. I take him in the buyout. I take him like we got Russ. But my thing is back to like why why are we trying to give these kind of players everything right. that they want? I understand why Portland wants to help Dame. I understand why Presti wanted to help Westbrook. You know, people that really bring value and love your organization and give you years out of your life for 
uh, this organization. I understand helping them. I don't understand this shit, man. Like, why, yeah. why am I going to bend over backwards to help you? Like, if I'm Maury right now, there is, there is no deal I'm not looking at. Maybe two weeks ago when we were still friends and I was your biggest supporter, I'd help you go where you want to go. But now that I've been completely thrown under the bus, and Drew, I know you said that the tampering <clears throat> the tampering thing, everybody does it, and we all know that that happens. I think Silver is really big on this. This is part of the new CBA. You know, this is something that they don't want happening. And, and Philly was fine for what happened last year. Maybe I don't know the numbers. I don't know how much it was. This happened with Joe Smith in Minnesota uh, in the early 2000s where he the, the, the league lost draft. They lost draft picks. They lost money. Like if this comes back to Philly and there were these deals that weren't uh, talked about or discussed and whatnot, Silver might come and be like, "Hey, you know what? You lost the next three years. Your ne your your next th first round draft picks. And if that's the case, that's when Joel Embiid goes. All right, my time, my time to get the hell out of here. Mm -hmm. So I think it could be a bigger deal. How it's documented, how they find out. Maybe Harden spills all his guts. Right? If he's willing to throw Maury under the bus, maybe he's like, "All right, Adam, let me tell you what really happened. I was promised three year, one hundred eighty million dollar extension, and then you know didn't happen. But then." why it didn't happen is Maury probably took a step back after looking in these playoffs and seeing the collapse that happened and the no-shows. There was a no-show in that series where he didn't even want to shoot. We talked about it on this show. And then the seven for 27, like, okay, maybe we shouldn't be committing a hundred million dollars to this guy. Maybe he came to his senses. And the fact that James Harden can't realize that, like, why aren't teams throwing money at me? <laughs> I don't understand. So, that's my my only point. My only point in this is that what is going to change about James Harden going to Chicago or the Clippers or the Lakers or Orlando that we're not just going to see this story one more time. I'm over it, man. I am over James Harden and I don't want him on the Clippers anymore unless it's for exactly what we'll throw him, which would be throwaways that we need to get rid of anyways. I think the 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 answer to the question of like why do we feel the need to help these guys out i don't think there is a need to f help james harden out like pretty obvious there is same thing with dame other teams are not treating it as a necessity to get this guy to where he wants to go just because he says so uh or else the deals would have already happened right so i do think this is the market reacting to uh an asset that is not <laughs> valued appropriately and i think daryl uh, will be engaged in a lot of in a lot of conversations. Um, it just what we're running up against for this Harden move is slightly different than what we're running up against with the Damian Lillard move as far as the impediments. Harden being alone, like a, a one year loan, makes it much more difficult for any organization to be like, yeah, take a couple of my players and take some picks too, because we'll have them for nine months. And then most likely we won't have him anymore. Yeah, he'll be pissed so, off again and he'll want to leave. Or he's just going to be a free agent and he'll go wherever the hell he wants to go. So that that part is going to be really difficult for them to kind of reconcile. I just don't I don't know how the hell that's going to work. Well, he uh, could have done that if he just opted out. That's opted the weirdest part. Right. That's the weirdest part. And that's where I do think like going back to the whole breakdown. I think that's the breakdown. Right. Harden goes fine. I'll opt in. Mm. You're either going to trade me or you're going to give me this extension and neither of those things happened and so i can understand like i said going back to the very beginning of this podcast i can understand why he's upset yes i can yes 
but it doesn't, you know, completely erase all of the erratic things and the negative things that he's done in, in years past. Uh, tell me what you thought, what are your thoughts on Kyrie's tweet? Of course, Kyrie's got to chime in. So Woj posts, you know, a post regarding Maury. And he said, disgruntled Harden calls 76ers prez Maury a liar. And then Chief Gila, that's his name on Twitter or X or again, I don't know what it's called anymore. Is he disgruntled, Adrian, or is he holding Daryl Morey accountable for his dishonesty and lack of transparency throughout the contract negotiation process this summer? And Kyrie is definitely right. You know, he is right about that. But Daryl Morey's disgruntled too, okay? He's disgruntled with the fact that this happened again. Think about the guy, you know, like your best friend who's just an asshole to everybody and you're constantly defending him like man trust me he won't he won't be bad today he's going to be perfectly cool and tame then he goes out and fights the first person he sees at the bar this is what james harden has done with or maury has done for harden like i promise you this guy's great we're going to win a championship with this guy and it just never happens so i think there is some definitely honesty in what Kyrie's saying but then he's also reiterating the tampering thing right that's what that's exactly what it is and this is what it's coming back to so if 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 you say if Daryl Morey responded with or Harden confirmed that like then you're just saying yeah damn it there was backroom deals going on with this and then you're opening a full-fledged investigation so what do you think about Kyrie's tweet no I think it's a actually I think it's a, a pretty spot on uh-huh. Honestly, I, I mean, he's not wrong, right? right? right. But he's also neither is uh, Woj. Woj's post was not incorrect. Harden right. is obviously disgruntled. Obviously. Both things can be both things can be true. <laughs> both things can be true, and you know, good for Kyrie to to hop on the bandwagon there and try to correct the uh, the journalist that wrote a very sound sentence. The very makes the sentence is complete. There, it's factual. He's disgruntled. He ain't happy. Kyrie. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you, Kyrie just elaborated on why James Harden is disgruntled. Right. That's that's all he did. So my other thing is this. Like, in in Bizarro World, if you're a Seinfeld fan, there is Bizarro World. Of course. Um, you know, we're seeing all these clips of Harden in China, right? Like, like he's the second coming of Steph Mar- Stephon Marbury. Like, being yeah. s- swamped and fans everywhere. He's on game shows. I, I guess he has a wine that he sells yep. out there and it's sold out in five minutes. Um, people love you. So go play in China. Like, just go be that guy. If nobody wants you here, if you've been blackballed, like Stefan Marbury was, um, I mean, Stefan was, was, was on some shit for a little while there, but it seems like you're really wanted in China. You could probably sell a lot of shoes, a lot of wine and make a lot of money. So maybe that's an option. I don't know. I've seen crazier things, right? So this kind of goes back to the the point that I closed the the show with, or pseudo closed the show with uh, last week, in regards to the Saudi Arabian League, uh, in 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 professional soccer and in golf, which is now like, a topic in social media. By the way, just want to let everybody know that. Well, we're on the pulse. We are on the pulse of sports news media. That's where we are, uh, and. Uh, quick, quick aside, uh, the Saudi Arabian League recently posted a picture of a Giannis Antetokounmpo jersey with his name and number on it mm-hmm. because Giannis had tweeted out like, hey, I look like Kylian Mbappe, the guy that they offered to pay $775 million for one year. Hilarious. 
But this goes back to that whole point, because if James Harden is going to get an offer that's way over the top from any league, any any country outside of the United States, he should fucking consider it. Mm. Right. Just like just like killing Mbappe would uh, the, 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 the soccer player. You got to take a look. Neymar, Mbappe's former teammate, just signed a deal to go to Saudi Arabia. He's going to get paid three hundred million dollars a year. He got four cars. He got mm. access to a, a private jet. One of the players that was formerly on Liverpool played his first game, and the journalist, a very wealthy journalist for Saudi Arabian Sports, at the end of the game talked to him, put a Rolex on his hand, just put a just put a Rolex on his arm. So this will be a consideration, I think, if China steps up big and says, "Look, you are loved here, just like Stefan Marbury." Uh, and just like, you know, China doesn't doesn't always only just love James Harden. They don't only love James Harden. They love all the NBA stars, right? So all the big stars that go over there, they get treated like royalty as they should because they're the best on the planet. And China's basketball crazy, which is awesome. But if the Shanghai Sharks come up and, <laughs> to James Harden at the end of this year, especially after after he looks around and goes, I don't think I'm going to get a two year or three year extension. I'm not going to get a hundred, hundred and fifty million dollars. I may not even get. 90 or 70 or 60 or who knows how this all goes but he looks around and his agent goes hey we're looking you know we're looking pretty slim here and china goes here we'll pay you you know triple whatever you could have made this year here's a hundred million dollars for two years or a hundred million dollars for one year whatever whatever it is i would not be shocked to see james harden do that look i i also think that we get used to guys stars especially playing well into their late 30s these days medical sciences are up and all the fitness stuff and the health advocacies and mental health help and all that stuff allows for these players to stay in good shape mentally physically and compete at later and later stages in their life uh, but that doesn't always happen right and Luka Doncic uh, I think it was last season beginning of last season or in the middle of last year even came out and said I don't I don't think I'm gonna be playing until I'm 40 right and that's like shocking for us to hear that because like, why would you give up something that you love? But why wouldn't you want to play until you can find like, you know, play all the way out like Dirk and and have a 20 year career with the, with the Dallas Mavericks. That's not everyone's dream. And that's interesting <laughs> for us to hear that. And that could be the case for James Harden. He's made so much fucking money. He doesn't, he doesn't have to go to China. He doesn't have to live in China. He has generational wealth. So he could just say goodbye or he can go to China. He can go to Spain. He could go to Puerto Rico and play with DeMarcus cousins. Uh, but look, the, the truth of the matter is I would not be shocked if ch somebody in the Chinese basketball association comes out and, and blows an offer away for, or, you know, he blows a huge offer in front of James Harden's face and he goes, fine, I'll do it. But I don't think he's there yet. It's not going to be this year. No. And I do think that decision will coincide directly with his retirement. And it's an, it's an option. It's definitely an option. It'll be there. I just I don't just know how much. Strip clubs good out there, Drew? I haven't journeyed to China. Uh, I haven't been there before. Uh, but I also haven't heard much about the strip clubs. What I will say is the things that I have heard about China, strip clubs was not mentioned amongst places to visit. But look, you know, if they don't have one, there's a market for one. So James Harden can start his own strip club. All right. Enough about Hardini. We have to talk. Uh, a little bit about Lakers, Clippers. Some stuff went on this week, Drew. Austin Reeves have been killing it. I think we got a AD uh, extension. How are you feeling this week? 
Yeah, outside of the James Harden news, there was some sprinkling of news for Lakerland at least. And uh, Austin Reeves is taking part of the FIBA Basketball World Cup that's taking place here, all the exhibition games. Uh, and he is rocking his brand new signature shoe. Shout mm. out to China once again. Mm. Uh, you know, it, Austin Reeves, people love Austin Reeves in China too. But it's just like they just like they love Harden. Uh, the shoes themselves look pretty fucking cool. I'll be honest. I mean, they're, they're not my favorite colors, but I know that type of colorway and that color scheme. And that's like very much in these days. I grew up in the era where you could get barely anything other than like red or blue on a sneaker. Uh, when I was going, when I was playing, uh, you know, my, my school ball in elementary school and, and, and high school all the way through, even up until, I don't know, 10 years ago, shoes were not coming out in like these highlighter colors. But anyway, I think the shoes themselves look really cool uh they look lightweight and i'm hoping that they're built well because i somebody i brought up earlier lonzo ball recently there were some rumors that his injuries may have stemmed from him wearing the shoes like the the zo ones or the zo ones whatever the they came out with their own brand of shoes the big baller brand of shoes uh and they sucked and they were ripping and he had to change them like once a quarter or once a half because they were so bad uh, it may have potentially led to this, you know, prolonged injury process that Lonzo's had to go through. So that's my biggest concern right now is not how they look or how expensive they are or the fact that they sold out immediately, which is awesome for Austin Reeves, but more on like structurally. Can can you just please not get injured in this offseason Austin Reeves? That's what I'm focused on. Uh, what do you think about the shoes? I was pleasantly surprised. I was talking to cool. our guy, E. Hawker, who's the shoe guy who's been listening yeah, yeah. to our show since day one. And uh, we were talking about it. I said, man, I'm pleasantly surprised. I thought they turned out pretty, pretty dope. Now, look, those this is this is not some racial stuff, but those colors are great. They don't look too great on white guys, though. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I thought I thought I don't know if they're going to pop. I don't know if pink's going to pop too much on Austin Reeves body, but I thought the shoe looked great for a first shoe. And the fact that yep. it sells out, I think. It's going to sell here in the States well. And uh, I think people love LA loves Austin Reeves. So oh, yeah, pleasantly surprised with the design because we've seen some ugly ass shoes. I mean, Zion, one of them. Okay. And that's Jordan. That's some Jordan brand stuff. Yeah. So I, I, I'm fine with it. Would you buy a pair? Um, Not, not probably not. Probably not. Okay. Uh, okay. Like I said, I, I'm Your just golf more shoes of a now anyways. Your golf shoes. Yeah, I'm. If Austin Reeves was selling those as golf shoes, I might pick them up. I'll be honest with you; those look better on golf. If they put some spikes in there, I I might do that. I'm sold. But I, uh, you know, the, the the basketball shoes I buy are I I bought like KD's. I think I is it the last one I bought a couple of years back, maybe two, probably three years now. Uh, they're gray, and I love them. They fit me great. They're lightweight. I love them. Uh, but I uh, never never been one for the loud colors on the shoes. Although when I was in high school. Our our colors were orange and blue, and I got some orange mm. uh, Adidas Pro models. Remember those Pro models? I do. Oh my god, those, those were are Knicks so... colors. Yeah, we're like navy blue mm. and orange, so it's a slight deviation from the from the Knicks. That's like more like the traditional blue, but uh, yeah, that and so that was like about as loud as I got with some orange Pro models. Um, but there was some other pieces of news outside of Austin Reeves shoes, which was which was nice. Uh, more important. Slow media to, week once again. Slow media yeah, week. More, once again. The more important headline is Anthony Davis did sign a contract extension. 
It's a three-year deal worth $186 million. That's right, folks. Three years, 186. And that is a $62 million per year deal for Anthony Davis. God damn. Uh, It's a lot of money, man. It's a lot of money. Uh, But... Is that Clutch getting that too again? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's Clutch client. Mm. Um, but, I, you know, look, man, this is this is a sound business deal, right? Anthony Davis, just like the Jalen Brown contract, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money, but that's what you can pay him, and that's what he's worth. <laughs> and it's always better to have the asset and potentially trade them down the road than it is to not have the asset, right? The Lakers look down the line. We don't know what the hell is going to happen with LeBron James after this year. We don't know. We literally don't know no what idea. he's going to do. No one knows except for him. And and right now, based on what happened with Bronny, I don't even know if LeBron knows what the hell he's going to do next Did year. Did he, he transfer? Probably... Did he transfer? I haven't heard any sort of news regarding Bronny's status with USC uh, other than his health is in good shape at this point. Like he's back to somewhat being normal. I don't know if he's done any sort of workouts or anything like that. Did I do the Draymond and read false news? Because I heard that he transferred to Notre Dame. I could be totally wrong. This was a really? blip. That's what I read, but I'm not going on record after huh. what happened to Draymond. I don't know if Butt Crack Sports posted this or not. Right. <laughs> but I, I read something where Bronny transferred to Notre Dame. There is also a Notre Dame high school in L.A., so it's possible that one of his sons or daughters transferred to Notre Dame. I, but I do know that uh, Bryce son who was at Sierra Canyon did transfer to Campbell Hall high school wise uh but I I don't know I haven't heard about this maybe this is Bryce yeah Bryce excuse me oh interesting so because initially the reports was that he was transferring to Campbell Hall which is what I just kind of outlined for everybody it's a, it's a mm-hmm. good prep school but it, not necessarily renowned for the basketball program uh Notre Dame is a school my, my brother went to high school in Notre Dame and uh they have one of the greatest basketball seasons in their history last year they had one of the best Southern California teams in uh, in recent memory. They had a bunch of guys on there. One of them's going to Gonzaga. One's going to Duke. Uh, I think they got another couple guys slotted for for D one offers. So I'm not surprised to see Bryce choose Notre Dame. Well, it says this. So Bryce made the surprising move to transfer to Campbell Hall High School. There we go. Ahead of his junior season, and it appeared that it could be a great fit. LeBron reportedly donated millions of dollars to yep. fund a new training facility at the school. And Bryce was set up with uh, to team up with Chris Paul Jr., son of incoming Golden State Warriors guard. However, just like that, the 6'6 wing is already on the move once again as he announced via an Instagram post that he will now be attending Notre Dame High School instead. Incredible. Hmm. What does LeBron do in that scenario? He just goes, uh, maybe, maybe How's, I'll get that check back for the. Is there tampering in high school? I mean, yeah, there's tampering in high school, but you can't just give millions to Notre Dame and build a facility and then your son doesn't come. No, that's, I mean, that's Campbell Hall. Campbell Hall. Campbell but Hall. The, I do know that LeBron's one of LeBron's daughters attends Campbell Hall and I think will continue to attend Campbell Hall. So the money will probably still go to Campbell Hall, even though. Thank Bryce, you for clearing that up, Drew. Thank you. Bryce for will that. never play a game there because they're not. Campbell Hall is not in the same league. Uh, the Mission League is what uh, Notre Dame is, and 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 Sierra Canyon is a part of the Mission League. Shout out to Mission League. Shamanad represent. That's me. That's where I went to high school. We got blown out a bunch last year by those teams. By the way, not a great look for the Shamanad Eagles. Um, <laughs> But let's get back into the actual news. Somehow we went on this tangent. Yeah, sorry. 
Anthony Davis locked up for three more years makes all the sense in the world. He played a great year. He had a great season last year. I think he's back on track. Uh, you know, you never know with injuries as <laughs> it's been well documented with Anthony Davis, but I'm happy about this. Uh, am I stoked that we're giving him $62 million a year and he may not play 62 million, 62 games in any of the three seasons. I'm not stoked on that. Definitely not. But with the new rule in place, he's got to play 66. If he wants to make, uh, uh, the all NBA team, um, I'm hoping that pushes him over the edge as well as just getting uh, a good run of luck with health for Anthony Davis. Uh, but he's still one of the greatest big men in the NBA. That's undoubtable. Uh, his jump shot, who knows when that's going to return, if it ever returns, uh, Let's hope that it does, uh, because in the next three years, we will need him to be scoring a little bit more than he has been, especially in the postseason uh, and obviously more consistently. Uh, but this is good. This is good business. Lakers lock him down three more years. We can trade him if we absolutely want to blow everything up. LeBron says we're done. We go, OK, we're going to run. We'll run it back with Austin Reeves. We'll trade Anthony Davis. We'll get all the picks and and do all that. But that's ten tends to not be the way the Lakers operate, as I've outlined. And most NBA fans are aware of we don't build. We buy and we trade. So this is good news for the Lakers. We locked down, our, I think, our best player. Yeah, it's a good move. Still a lot of money, but, I mean, who's not getting a lot of money right now? AD deserves it. We'll yeah. see what happens with that. I don't know. Not much more news coming out of uh, Clipper Nation. Why, you got something, Drew? I Just on the, on the back end of that, I just want to kind of put it in perspective because uh, Bobby Marks tweeted out something that was interesting regarding – the amount of money that Anthony Davis was paid and the amount of money that Jalen Brown is getting paid. Uh, and, and I'll just read this here before you get into the Clippers. Bobby Marks says 440 players under contract in the NBA, 44 players earn a salary of 30 million or more in this next upcoming season. The remaining 396 players are between 1 million and 30 million. So you can see the rich is getting richer. And he even went down to break it down a little bit further. There are, uh, as he mentioned, 44 at 30 million plus. There are 32 players at 20 million to 29 million. There are 79 players at 10 to 19 million. And there's 115 players from 4 to 10 million. And there's 170, 82 of which are on their first or second round exceptions, are $1 to $4 million. So... Kevin Garnett replied to this tweet and said, a lot of big salaries, but where is the mid-level bread? Is it max dollars or damn near minimum? And I think that just kind of explains the current state of the NBA. We see all this big money going around. It's really only going around to 70 guys, right? The 1%. Out, of the, out, of, out of the near 500, mm-hmm. 70 of the ones are that, are, that are making it, which honestly, you think about it, that's not. I don't I don't see that being backwards. <laughs> it's saying no, it's saying a rev share uh because the best players, it's performance based. The best players get the most money. It makes a lot of sense to me, but it, it it does kind of put an interesting lens on what the NBA actually looks like. Cause from the outside, we all just look at these guys as millionaires. That's not always the case. No, you're that's true. And Kevin Garnett wasn't the first one to say that. It was uh, Austin Rivers came out on his podcast and said that because he's one of those mid guys, you know. And he's like, "Look, the way you replied to the tweet is what I'm saying, it, right, literally right. In, in the in the in Twitter or in X or whatever the fuck it's called now." <laughs> right, but what I'm saying is like Austin said, "Like, look, you're either making fifty or you're making five. Like, that's where yeah. it's at. There, where is the middle? Well, five stuff? is nice, by the way. Five is nice. By five the way. is nice after we taxes. Five. Yeah, five is nice." 
and out of those 170 players making the 1 million to 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 5 million they're all on the Phoenix Suns right now every one of them <laughs> is playing on the Phoenix Suns at that mid level so that's true though the richer getting richer and then like you have the ones that slip in the Bruce Browns that go from you know have one great year and go from here to there to make the good money but that Austin it, it, <laughs> Austin, right Austin Reeves same shit so it yeah. can happen but you know it is what it is so that's a, a very interesting take um I'm, for the clipper news there's not much but i want to touch on two things number one on uh the podcast p podcast my guy paul george yep uh came out with a quote mark my words i'm on my bully shit next season right it went viral went all the way around i love it i love that paul george is um where his head's at right now but like the james harden thing i've heard this before I've seen yeah. this before, heard it before. I really, really want this guy locked into next season. And if you are on your bully shit, I mean, he's going to be a problem. Paul George, when healthy, is a major problem. But um, I'm just not going to be impressed if he's not on the bully shit. Or I'm not going to be shocked if he's not. So I'm expecting that from Paul George this season. I'm I'm glad that his head is in the right place. Uh, seems like Kawhi is on, on target. You know, the guys are all working out. Russ has been working out. Bones, all these guys, I'm loving it. Please don't throw James Harden in the mix and fuck up all this chemistry. That's one thing. The other thing, really quick, uh, Batum Battalion. Shout out to Nico Batum. He's going to retire at the end of this season, one more year with the Clippers. I'm really glad he's going to be spending it with us. I love Nico Batum. He's actually turned into be one of my favorite players to ever put on a Clipper jersey just because of his attitude, the way he plays basketball, the perfect Swiss Army knife, French Army knife, whatever you want to call it. He's the guy that everybody – I bring up Nico on this show a lot just talking about how every NBA team needs – that you don't just need your big three. You need need six other Nico Batums. He's been a great vet. He's been a great uh, uh, FIBA player, Olympic player. He's been great for our team. I'm really glad we picked him up. So uh, I hope this season he does great things. He's going to be so important for us. So I just wanted to bring that up to Clipper Nation because it's going to be uh, sad to see him go. So Hold let's on. get into fun. Yeah. Because I, the reason I, I, I'm stopping you because Nico Batum at one point before he was a Clipper was viewed, I wouldn't say terribly dissimilarly from how we're looking at James Harden. Right. He took all that money from Charlotte. And while he didn't like demand a trade and he didn't seem to be causing any problems, just kind of like accepted the paycheck and didn't grow and didn't become the player that we all thought he was going to be. You can have your opinion on it, but that's the truth. He didn't got paid based on he didn't do jack shit in Charlotte. He got hurt. He got paid based on his performance in Portland, right? He was great in Portland. Yes. He He got one really good year in Portland. Just like Gordon Hayward, same same shit, right? Got paid off what he did in Utah, and then you go different places, you get injured, and you're not the same player anymore. He was not. He wasn't the 26 a night. I don't think he ever put up 26, but he did have a really good season. He transformed his or career. He transformed himself into – they wanted him out. You know how Michael is when you're not performing, right? It's you're not playing, and you're going to be the skate. You're the reason why uh, you know we are this bad. Nico was going to retire. Right. The talk about him was you're you're totally right when players don't live up to the money that they're making, I guess. But reinvented himself, turned himself into a really great three point shooter, a team guy, defensive oriented, uh, three and D. Those are the guys you want. I get what you're saying. I don't think there was any Batum like there wasn't narrative around the NBA like, oh, man, fuck this guy. This guy isn't the guy you want in your locker room. It was just like, damn, Michael gave another guy 
40 million dollars and he ain't performing it's more of michael's fault than nico's fault so i'm going to bat for him drew i get what you're saying though i like that nico only averaged 15.1 points per game as his best ever scoring season in his career 26 i said Uh, so anyway i that's all i was trying to say is that i think there was a lot of hype and some promise about nico Mm -hmm. platoon that didn't ever actually turn into anything other than what he has eventually delivered for the clippers which is solid Mm -hmm. ultimate professional everything he's done to the clippers has been exactly what you want out of a guy like him i was just simply saying that for a period of time and especially when charlotte offered him the money uh, he was not living up to expectations. Who is living up to expectations in Charlotte ever? Name me one person ever. Kemba. Okay? Kemba Walker. Kemba. And they <laughs> ran his ass out of town too. He made too much money too. I get what you're saying, Drew. Excuse yeah, my yeah, 20. 20- yeah. I was being exagio with 26. <laughs> Solid 16 though. Give me your final thought, Drew. 15.1. You gave him an extra one even after I, that. I, I just rounded up. <laughs> rounded up a little bit. Let's go. <laughs> uh okay now is it's final it's final thought time after i've cut you off a couple times here so it's final yeah, thought time Drew. damn uh my final thought is pretty simple and it's actually i think it's an idea that i may have even floated out on this podcast in the past but i've thought about it a little bit longer my wife's one of her favorite shows that uh we watch together because she is forced to watch a shit ton of sports in this house so i watch every once in a while a show that she likes and i and i do that proudly and i get invested and i ask questions and i'm in it i you know right she knows the names of way more nba players than she ever has any time to be aware of and so at the very least i can watch Good some morning. bravo shit so one of the shows happens to be uh below deck is one of one of one of her go-tos on bravo it's about the yachting experience and uh you know reality tv shoved into a small microcosm space of uh, you know, the, the the quarters of where people sleep on a yacht, which is the yachts are huge. And then they have like a, a sliver of a mattress for these people that live in, and work on the boat. Anyway, the reason I'm bringing this up is because we were sitting here last week watching the show. This one is the, uh, the below deck down under the Australian version. And as we're watching, I'm scrolling through Instagram and watching the show thing that pops up on my Instagram feed is, Nikola Jokic in Serbia with Aaron Gordon. Love it. In Serbia at the horse at the, at the horse track. They're they're at the track watching one of Nikola's horses run a race and you get to see his reaction and Aaron Gordon's there and initially they didn't know if the horse was going to win and then at the end the horse ends up pulling away and 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 wins the race and Jokic celebrates. We've seen a lot of footage of Jokic celebrating these horse race wins over the last few weeks, including him with a trophy standing on a table and celebrating like he just won the NBA finals. Oh, wait, I mean, like he won a horse race. Uh, And I'm watching this and I'm like, within that video, you can see the Jokic brothers are there too with Aaron Gordon. They're celebrating one of them. I think one of them didn't have a shirt on, you know, like I, I guess horse racing rules for etiquette are different in Serbia than they are, you know, down here in Del Mar racetrack in San Diego. I think no I shirt, no shoes, no service. Shirt. Exactly. <laughs> Got to wear at least flip flops and a bathing suit and a tank top. Um, needless to say, it looked like a phenomenal experience, like a phenomenal time. And I think it's time now for Bravo to have a Jokic mm. brothers reality, oh. keeping up with the Jokic's very mm-hmm. similar to the Kardashian style uh, uh, of of a reality show where you follow around Nikola Jokic, you follow around mostly 
his brothers because I think that's where the show is, is what these guys are doing. What do they do? What do they do on a regular, on a day? What, what do they do, do in, in Serbia? I don't know what they do. Right. Right. It needs exactly. to be filmed in Serbia, not Denver. Well, no, but look, I think it can be year round because they live together in a house in Denver. The, mm. All the brothers, all the Jokic brothers live together in one house in Denver and Jokic is in the pool all the time. So maybe the show might be a little boring if you follow just Nikola, right? Because he seems like a guy that goes, does his job, comes back. Hangs out at the house, plays some video games. But I think his brothers would be the stars of this show. And then you can have some awesome, like, off-season content. When they go back to Serbia, follow these guys around with a the camera. They're just fucking, they're the kings of the castles, they are. you know, over there. I, everywhere they go, it's just a fucking party. Uh, so I think it is now time. Bravo already has, I think, a show called, like, NBA Wives or some shit. They already have some NBA content going on. Maybe that's not Bravo. That could be VH1 or some other mm-hmm. version. Uh, but it's time. Bravo, VH1. I don't know who it is. Peacock, even. Let's let's make this happen. Andy Cohen, let's get on this. The Jokic think- brothers, keeping up with the Jokic's. Doesn't have a great ring. There's got to be a different... It's Joker's Wild, man. It's the name of the podcast that we did. Joker's Wild. Joker's Wild. Like, I, Joker's I love Wild. it. I think it's a great idea. I mean, there's they need... You know the, the phrase, protect this man at all costs? That's That's what Nicola is. Like this guy, I mean, just riding a bike around Serbia in a wife beater is just holding a trophy. Like, give, give me that guy. The pure joy that that man has watching horses is something, uh, you know, something awesome to watch. When you see people, obviously, he he likes basketball. He loves horse racing. Like, that's what his passion is. It's what he loves to do. And the, on the other end of that, it's awesome that Aaron Gordon goes to Serbia to experience yep. that with his guy. That again, that's. What builds chemistry between championship teams? Doing shit like that. Like, remember when he won his MVP last year and the whole coaching staff flew out there to give him his trophy? Yep. You know, do that kind of shit. I'm I'm with that 100%. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Drew, because that's something I would want. I would pay to watch it. I would Hulu, watch that. Hulu can charge me another $4 a month. And, yeah. and to be, to watch it. I would do that. I think Yeah, it's a, it's a very point. personal ambition because I think Casey, my wife, would watch it. And then, then there would be actually a reality TV show that I'm like fully invested in. That would just be great for both of us. Why don't we pitch it, Drew? I mean, we're just throwing out. Somebody's going to take this idea. We can pitch it. Facebook, Facebook. Are, are they still making shows? Facebook still making shows? I don't know. I don't know if they're uh, doing that anymore. Do people still use Facebook? I I just do it for birthdays to know when it's people's birthdays. Uh, that's the cheat code. Um. Hey, quick. My my final thought is I'm going to tell you guys how I got hosed this weekend. So in San Clemente. There is something called Fiesta. They do it once a year. It is um, the end of the summer party. Okay. It's on Del Mar Street, which is the street that I live on. They close off the street. I probably talked about it on this show. There's 20,000 people on this street. There's three bands going, people drunk everywhere. If you guys follow me on my page, you know that I'm right here in the mix of everything. They were building a stage right outside my my front porch. There was going to be a band playing (laughs) all day. I'm not, I'm not for crowds. I don't like it. I don't want to be here for it. So we decided to go to the Pomona swap meet. It happens four times a year. It's the biggest swap meet in California. There's a huge car show, tens of thousands of people. I think there was 60,000 people were going to be there. And we wanted to get out of town for a day and just get away from the madness. So me, a couple friends, my neighbor, Paulie, who I've been talking about, we headed out there. And mind you, I wanted to pick up some stuff for the apartment. I had some things. On my mind, I wanted to get a, a speed limit 55 sign, like an, a, a, a really good one. I wanted to find one of those. And I told, I was, was with my friend's kids too. 
Shout out to Eloise, who's eight, just started third grade. She got the teacher she wanted. Told her, we're going to buy everything basketball. Anything that I see basketball at this Pomona swap meet, I'm going to buy. Okay? So uh, I'm going to make this long story short. Uh, first first spot we went to is a sticker, like a, a sticker hut. And mind you, there's thousands of tents. Most people are selling tweaker goods that they sold, right? Car parts or these signs. The first one I stopped at was a sticker joint, right? They had just hundreds and hundreds of stickers. Bought every basketball one that I could buy. Like really cool Jordan stickers. Like I bought the kids some stuff and I'm like, cool, spent like 10 bucks. I have a pocket full of cash too, by the way. Like I'm ready to spend. If I see anything that I love, I am buying that shit. So long story short, there is nothing man, nothing. If there was basketball stuff, it's Lakers. That's all it is. There's not <laughs> one. And I would call the people out like, yo, bro, why they had cool, like, uh, bottle openers, like bottle opener things that you like really cool wood engraved ones. Hey man, where's your, they have every NBA team, but the Clippers it's Clippers <laughs> Raiders. And that's it out there or Lakers Raiders. And that's it. So nobody's selling this shit. I had 12,000 steps before 1230 or before 1030 in the morning. That's how much walking we could do. Wow found one 55 sign that I didn't love. And the guy wanted like $400 for it, a tweaker. I'm like, dude, not paying you that money. And you it, swap meets are where you bargain. Like, bro, I will yeah, give you $50 be some haggling. Yeah. $400. Did you steal this from like, I don't know the white house. Like in what, I don't know where this is coming from. So didn't get the 55 sign. I'm bummed. I've walked all day. Paulie's upset. And on the way out, we passed one that, that I missed just a little small, small table it was a little uh, definitely a tweaker okay um and i'm walking by and i see two old school 1993 brand new shack dolls in the boxes like shack figurines right one from lsu and one from when he was a rookie on the magic the box is vibrant and bright i remembered this toy so much the lsu one is him dunking on lsu it's this broken backboard that it comes with and i'm like that's it. I'm leaving here with this. I'm like, how much for this, bro? And he's like, both for 30. I'm like, I don't want both. I don't want the one with Shaq's shirt off. I want this one with the broken backboard. How much? He's like, give me 10 bucks. I'm like, it's all here. He's like, man, it's all here. Don't even trip. I just picked these up. Cool. So I take the, the toy and I'm stoked. I got, I got some stickers and a Shaq doll. Okay. And you know, you, you know, if you, if you guys have seen the studio, I like toys, right? I, I, I like, I like basketball stuff. So anyways, I'm stoked on it. Finally get home. Uh, I, I come home, I open the box and it's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. It's, it's a, it doesn't even have Shaq's head on it. There is no backboard. There's no, it's just a, it's an LSU figurine of somebody with no head. This tweaker finessed my ass. Oh boy. It was my, I opened the box when I bought it to see, and it was an enclosed box. Everything looked perfectly fine and it's only 10 bucks, but it's the principle of the situation. If you go to a flea market or you go to a swap meet, make sure you check the box. I was livid drew. Cause I had a place for it picked out in the house. I got hosed by a tweaker, dude. Never happening again. So I, that's my I thought you were going to say you got took for for a couple hundred bucks. So this 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 makes the story a lot easier uh, and and nicer really for you because I thought when you say you got hosed, I'm like, oh shit, he spent two three hundred bucks on something and it wasn't legit. But ten dollars, hey, you know, that's, I understand it's an L, worse. bro. But I was excited about it. 
And <laughs> me, I should have known better. Like I should have known definitely better. be checking the box. Should have checked the damn box, man. I'm a little upset. <laughs> if you guys even knew how much I've spent on these Funko dolls, these slam Funko ones, which have been absolutely crazy. But that's my story from the swap meet. I still had a really good time, but I want to bring up something you talked about. You're watching below deck. I know we like to talk about things that we're watching painkiller on Netflix is jaw dropping. It's a true story of how Oxycontin like came to fruition. Matthew Broadwick's in it. It's I think seven episodes, true story. And it will blow your mind about Oxycodone and what it's done to us as a people and why Big Pharma is still allowed to sell it. It is freaking heroin. It's made from the same plant. And the fact that we're that people made billions of dollars off of it is insane. Matthew Broderick's great in it. Pop it in. Also, Destination NBA, which we're going to talk about on the next show. Bill Simmons on Amazon. Awesome. Awesome documentary that you all got to watch. So that's what we're watching. You got anything else to say, Drew? No, I don't. All right, good. Then we're good. It's hot. All these lights are burning my face off. We got to get out of here. We're going to be back shortly. Uh, we're going to see what happens with Hardini because, I mean, something might happen this week. Who knows? So follow through with Clips and Drew, and we're ghosts. You know what it is?